Welcome to Living on the Exhale, a podcast designed to help us find inspiration, laughter, and growth in the messy middle of our lives. Each week, we explore ideas, inspiration, stories, and experiences that help us to grow, connect, and learn. So if you're in need of a weekly dose of inspiration, laughter, and a reminder that you're not alone in this crazy journey called life, then this podcast is for you. I'm Stacy Berkovitz, your host, and together we find peace and embrace life one breath at a time. Welcome, Exhalers. Thanks for joining today. So I want to jump right into today's podcast because I think it's something we can all benefit from. And the topic today is all about thought work. Now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> so let's get started. So let's start with the science behind thought work just to give that angle to it. And basically, thought work is effective for addressing just a wide range of issues like anxiety, depression, stress, low self-esteem, the list goes on. So if you've ever heard of cognitive behavior therapy, known as CBT, not the kind you buy at the local weed store, but CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, it's a therapeutic and self-help practice that you'll see in a, with a lot of counselors. It's used a lot in therapy. And it focuses on identifying and challenging and changing unhelpful or negative thought patterns. So basically, it empowers you to take control of your thought process, which can ultimately lead you to more positive emotions and healthy behaviors. So while it's often used in a therapeutic context, many individuals also practice thought work on their own. And I strongly encourage you to do so. I know this is something I work on daily, and it is such a life shifter to your own well-being, and it really can improve your mental state. So let's jump in. Here's a staggering statistic. We have over 6,000 thoughts a day. Now, the caveat is I researched that and it came up from a couple studies. I have no idea how they were able to distinguish 6,000 thoughts, but we're just going to go with it because that seems reasonable with all the different thought patterns our brains do. That's a lot of thoughts. So we'll just agree on around 6,000. Now, picture every thought in a day in a 24-hour period and picture it like it's a racehorse. Every thought is a racehorse. So some racehorses zoom on by, some gallop, some trot, some walk, and some just stay there barely moving or are totally still eating the grass in the field. The zoom in and out thoughts or the zoom in and out horses are probably the majority of those 6,000 thoughts per day. So The slower thoughts, we ponder more, so the gallops, the trots, the walks. But the ones that stand still and eat the grass, those are the ones I want to talk about because in general, those are the frustrating thoughts or the thoughts that really encompass us, our minds. Now, sometimes we're going to have thoughts that go on for a while that are productive or positive or exciting. And that is fantastic. Those thoughts are the ones we want in our lives most often. 
The purpose of this particular podcast episode, though, is to really focus on when those thoughts aren't positive and how we can shift that. So thoughts, the horse eating the grass kind, create feelings. Feelings create action. Actions create reality. And thoughts, feelings, action, reality. Thoughts, feelings, action, reality. Rinse and repeat. And that basically represents our existence, right? So let's try this with a neutral thought. Imagine that I'm interested in buying a new red convertible sports car. So that's my thought. I love red convertible sports cars. I want a red convertible sports car. How does that thought make me feel? Sexy, free, excited. Action. What action am I going to take? I start looking online for red convertible sports cars. Reality. I decide if I'm going to buy one or not. Guess what I see on the road all of a sudden? Red convertible sports cars. What we focus on grows. For the record, I'm much more practical and prefer an economically cute white small SUV, but I digress. So you thought of the red car and you felt the red car and you acted related to the red car and your reality was created. Now let's try the same thinking loop with a positive thought. So my friend is a good listener and always there for me. The feeling created, safety, security, love, actions. I want to call this friend again if I have a concern or I want to express gratitude for this friend and say thanks and write her a nice card or bring her flowers. Reality, this friend is always there for me and listens and this is somebody I can count on. Now let's try that same loop, thought, feeling, action, reality, with our horse eating grass thoughts of the horse that's just stuck in your mind. So a negative, frustrating thought. So let's say um, my partner is totally useless. That's your thought. And this is a safe example for me since I don't actually have a partner. (laughs) So I'm going to choose that one. So thought, my partner is totally useless. He never helps me around the house. I do everything. The feeling is frustration, anger, annoyance. And then the action is maybe you're going to huff and puff around the house or arguing with your partner or telling your partner how useless they are um, and continuing to do all the stuff around the house just in frustrate, frustration mode, right? And then your reality is I have such a useless partner. So that horse eating grass, it's going to stay and it's going to eat some hay for a while. And your brain is going to form a pattern or a divot or a thought of this being true. And so all of a sudden, you're going to notice everything wrong your partner does. Because that divot or that neurological connection or that thought, that constant thought, it's, it's eating hay. It's staying around a while. Okay, let's see if we can reverse engineer this negative thought about the partner into a positive thinking. Okay, the thought. My partner is totally useless. He never helps around the house. I have to do everything. Feeling frustration, anger, annoyance. And I'm sure you're saying, wait, Stacey, isn't this the same start to the negative thought cycle? Yes, it is. We're human. We're going to have 
negative thoughts. Here's the difference though. You cannot control 6,000 thoughts or speed horses going through your mind. You can't. It's impossible. What you can do is do something about it when the feelings kick in. And I like to call it the magical pause button. When you start feeling that thought, so there's now a feeling connected to that horse, connected to that thought, there is something that is being communicated to you. So in coaching, I use my signature calm code method, and I really go into this. But in short, those feelings are giving you a chance to pause, get curious about the horse eating the grass, and start asking questions. Why isn't my partner helping? Is he busy at work? Is he having a hard time right now? Have I had a loving conversation about this when we're both in a good place? Are these expectations that I have set and not ever communicated? Are they reasonable? What am I expecting from him? Pause, pause, pause. One thing that comes from the pause is compassion. Compassion for yourself, compassion for others. It gives you a chance to be the drone and to zoom away from the situation and look at it with more of fair eyes. Label the feeling. It will help diffuse it. Now, the action may look something like this. And again, this is just an example. But hey, honey, I know you work so hard for us. I really appreciate that. I don't know if these are my own expectations that I've set in my mind, but I was hoping to have some help with all the stuff that needs to be done around the house. Can we talk through that and maybe come up with a solution that would feel good to both of us? Reality, a happier, more loving conversation that leads to a better relationship. Much better, right? The power of the pause can really make a difference in changing our reality which changes how we feel. Becoming aware of your thoughts is huge. And sometimes the awareness comes when you start feeling something connected to the thoughts. Guess what? So many of our thoughts are downloads from our own collection of life experiences. And these have created thought patterns. So if there is a certain experience you had continually as a kid or an impactful one that maybe caused some trauma or a frustrating one, whatever it is, that made a neurological connection in your mind and has become a pattern. So you get on the loop. And when I say you, I mean all of us, you as an us, we get on a loop unless we do something about it. So when we get that magical pause we can ask ourselves some of the following. And listen, if you have a pen and paper nearby or you want to take notes on your phone, it might be helpful to hold on to when that horse keeps eating the grass. So the first thing is to identify your thought patterns. This can be all or nothing thinking, catastrophizing, mind reading, or to quote Brene Brown, the stories we tell ourselves. Y'all, just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. 6,000 thoughts. Do we think all of those are facts? They're just patterns or they're familiar or they're fleeting. 
They are filled with our own bias and experiences. And that's all they are, thoughts. So again, step one is to identify the pattern. Step two is to challenge those negative thoughts. Ask yourself if those thoughts are based on evidence or is there another way to interpret the situation? This is when the drone mindset, going high level above the situation and looking in can be super helpful. And step three is to reframe the thoughts into either a neutral or positive state. Well, how do you do that? If you want to find the positive, let's say, like find the upside, then find the, the grateful aspect of the situation or the positive. So for example, let's say um, I have to clean the dishes again, and I didn't want to do the dishes. Let's say I didn't make the dishes dirty in the first place. Um, or let's just say there's dirty dishes and I made the mess. Okay. So I have a lot of different ways I can do this, right? If I want to go into the direction of a positive mindset, I can say, huh, there's a lot of dishes to wash. I'm grateful that we had food to eat. Hmm. This is great that we have water that turns on in our faucet. Huh. This is great that I have a dishwasher that I can put these in. So two different mindsets, two different thought cycles, and it's really which one works for you. Which one do you want? If that isn't working, you can ask deeper questions. And it could be like, how likely is that negative scenario that will happen? How often has it happened in the past? What's the worst possible outcome? How likely is it that the worst possible outcome is going to happen? And can I handle it if it does? The pause allows us to slow down, take a breath, and walk by that grass-eating horse to examine what is going on. So again, you can spin it to something positive, or you can ask yourself those deeper questions. And if you're still stuck, take a few deep breaths, calm that nervous system like we talked about in episode two, and try again. Some people prefer doing the pause process in their head, and some while journaling. So just getting it out on paper can be really, really helpful. Just see what works for you. And remember with 6,000 thoughts a day, you are going to have horse eating grass moments daily. So keep practicing the power of the pause with your thoughts. You're creating new neurological patterns in your brain. And listen, that takes time. If you think about creating a ditch it takes some time to dig in there and for that ditch to form. And that is like a neurological pathway. So as you're forming that new ditch or that new neurological pathway for a more positive way of thinking, give yourself grace and love and celebrate that you're on this journey and creating a better reality with your thoughts. We will come back for sure to this topic on other episodes since it's really the basis of our existence. But for now, here's the recap. First, identify the thought, challenge the thought, and reframe the thought. And if you need to, take a deep breath to get through it. If you're wanting to dive deeper in your journey, check out my website. 
I have a free self-care guide for you as well as ways you can work with me. And my website is ontheexhale.com. Let's get ready to meditate. Welcome to this relaxing session and guided meditation to help you through times of frustrating thoughts by learning tools on how to get through these moments with ease. Find a comfortable and relaxing position where you can let go of all your stress. Ensure that you will not be disturbed for the duration of this session. Take a deep breath in and gently gaze forward. And when you breathe out, slowly close your eyes and keep them that way. Breathe naturally in and out. Begin follow the rising and fall of your chest. Notice how it aligns with your breath. If you can, become aware of the beating of your heart pumping strongly within you. Notice how the breath and the rhythm act as one. They work together in unison. Breathe in and out. The gentle rise and fall of your torso. Your heart is effortlessly beating, bringing life to you. See if you can tune into the ebb and flow of life. Breathe in and out. Let the breath guide you, inhaling and exhaling. Now see if you can draw your attention to the sounds of your breathing. The air passing through your nose or mouth. Notice how there are differences between the sound of your inhale compared with the sound of your exhale. Let your breath fade into the back of your mind and know that it is always happening automatically. Become aware of how relaxed you are right now in this moment. You have successfully turned the world around you out you are fully focused on the soothing sound of my voice. In this moment, there are no frustrations or concerns, no worries or unpleasantness. You are just here and now, comfortably in solitude with your focused awareness. Breathing is a wonderful tool, always available at any moment we need to use it. No matter what you're doing or where you are, your breath is there as a method to get around painful moments. So imagine now you are being presented in times of frustration when something riles you up. These moments when you are easily upset or someone has let you down or gotten in your way. First of all, notice. What are you doing? Where are you? 
how are your mannerisms? Perhaps you're talking to someone. Who is it? What are their mannerisms? Feeling in your body how frustration affects you physically. What kind of sensations are carried along with this unnerving feeling? Is there a tightness in your chest or a knot in your stomach? Make note of all the bodily feelings you're experiencing when you are frustrated. Now, with this moment in hand, take a huge breath in against the tightness. Stretching it out and exhale into a deep relaxation. Inhale once again, expanding any tension and breathe out even more relaxed. And one more time, breathe in even more fully than you did before and let that breath fall away, deeply relaxed. This is your solution to those moments when you get caught in frustration. Simply pause and take three big deep breaths, chasing away the stress and concern. Harness the power of your breath by using it. If you find you are particularly more frustrated, double the amount of breaths you take. Instead of three, make it six big breaths in and out. You will find that this technique automatically calms your soul and you Good. Let's explore another technique by doing one more round of bringing frustration into our awareness. Cultivating something that caused you to be annoyed or even disappointed. It could be as simple as a mess left for you to clean up or as complex as a new business idea falling by the wayside. Whatever it is, experience it as if it's happening right now. Hear the complaints going through your mind of how someone should have done it differently or didn't do it or didn't go right because of this or that. Clearly hear all this negative chatter that accompanies the feelings of frustration. Now imagine that you have access to a volume dial to your thoughts and when you twist this dial clockwise, the sound of your irritation and dissatisfaction increases. The volume dial also raises the amount of resentment you are feeling in the situation. Keep turning that knob up. You've dialed up this volume, volume as much as it will go and you are surrounded by the annoying sound of annoyance. How does frustration feel when it's this amplified back at you? So take that volume dial and start to turn it counterclockwise, dwindling the sound of these complaints. Not only does the sound of your disgruntlement decrease, but your dissatisfaction begins to dwindle. You now have a new perspective on what you were once saying when in a frustrated state of mind. 
but you have the choice to dial down this noise. You don't have to listen to yourself being a downer. Simply nod and turn the knob down when it gets too loud by closing your eyes and imagining it. Perhaps you want to leave a little bit of sound coming through just so that you can hear some of the things being said in order to use them as tools to better yourself. Either way, this dial is always here for you to use, just the same as your breath. So let's take those three powerful deep breaths once again to seal this practice deep within every level of our awareness. Breathe in and out. Inhale. Exhale. Breathe in and let it go. Allow your awareness to come back to the present moment and to your current surroundings. Gently open your eyes. Place your hand on your heart. Together we find peace and embrace life one breath at a time. Thank you for joining Living on the Exhale. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would so appreciate a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe.